Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, ironradio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Uh, this is Phil Stevens, powder, strength coach, run Strength Guild and Lift for Hope, and training for boxing, a bunch of other things. So, And this is Dr. John Mike. It's uh, the second day of 2016, and uh, I got the sniffles, and uh, but uh, I'm still managed to kick down some Lots of calories in the new year. That's and uh, I am thinking about, um, of course, this is a little ways off, but uh, this next summer I am strongly considering doing another strongman contest. That's so, exciting. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Yeah. you're. Um, how old are you now, John? I'll be 34 this month. See, you're, uh, yeah, you got 10 years here of uh, kicking ass, brother. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, everybody, we've got a couple of announcements, um, Iron Radio-type news. I didn't bring a bunch of science news to the table. Uh, like John said, everybody's got the sniffles, so if you don't like sniffles, I don't know, turn us off. I don't know. <laughs> That's not very <laughs> not good for <clears throat> Uh Let's see. Fall Funds Drive, if you participated in a contest or you uh, – Participated in the Fall Funds Drive, which was uh, $4 a month recurring or a $50 or more uh, one-time donation. Your mouse pads and mugs and different things have been shipped, I'm happy to say. I I apologize for the delay, but as I mentioned at the beginning of all that, you know, I work 50, 60 hours a week, so I do as fast as I can. Uh, If you have not received it, in fact, I did not get an address from a couple of people. These are your first names. You know who you are. You can contact me uh, or Fortress through the ironradio.org website. But uh, Daniel, Adam, Michael, and Drew, uh, send me your address, and I'll get you some cool stuff. So there's some cool, like I said, mugs and stuff. I even made some custom just for it. So. Uh, Speaking of mug, well, I'll t- I'll, we'll talk about this uh, when we we're on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gifts. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, and other announcements. Uh, Libsyn is going to go away. If you use the Libsyn app or uh, the, our backup server, we contracted Libsyn to do a backup server. But uh, the bottom line is uh, they're, they have almost unique uh, feed requirements for podcasts that other people don't insist upon. Uh, and they want me to rewrite six years of episodes in our feed. I can't do that. Uh, in fact, in 2016, I think I'm going to bring on uh, an intern. We're going to call him Sean the Intern. So be looking for Sean. He's going to help us with a, a little bit of social media stuff. I know Dr. Nelson's been wanting to do newsletter type things. So we're going to try to climb the ranks a little bit. Although we have a lot of downloads in general, not all of them go through iTunes. And so there are podcasts that, frankly, this is going to sound judgmental, probably not make me any friends, but there are some podcasts on iTunes that I think are inferior to what we actually have to offer, and they are ranked quite high. 
on iTunes. So uh, Dr. Nelson's almost offended by that. And so we're going to get Sean, the intern, to help him a little bit. Uh, but anyway, so he will not be fooling around with LibSignal, and nor will the rest of us. Uh, so, again, just a, a little ads there for us. And then maybe this is what you're going to mention, John, but uh, mugs and things like that. Was that something you got for Christmas? Yeah, I actually got a, uh, a mug that says, I think a lot of you will uh, laugh and appreciate this, and many other people will too. It's a mug. It's actually quite big, actually. And it says... It's on the syllabus. That's what it says. <laughs> That's and, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> you know, for uh, for students that are always asking, and it's it's, it's a funny, but it's kind of sarcastic. Yeah. You know, well, uh, you know, are we going to talk about this, or how come we don't have that? I mean, it's it's on the syllabus. Right. So Go a, read the damn syllabus. Says, yeah, there's another one that says read the syllabus with read period the period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got a picture of Morpheus from the Matrix series uh, above my desk, and it says, what if I told you at the top? And then at the bottom, it's in the syllabus. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, coffee-related stuff. I got some um, sweet – I actually have become a bit of a, a caffeinated beverage snob, but I got some uh, matcha green tea powder from Japan. Um and I got drinks and powder, uh, and then I got some pour-over coffee. UCC is a big coffee company over in Japan. I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar, but it's like Starbucks pour-over, except it's a really cool invention if, if listeners aren't familiar. But you take a tea bag type coffee filter, and it fits over the top of your coffee mug. Then you just pour hot water over the top of it. Boom, coffee. So straight from Japan. So that's one of my little... In fact, I'm going to have some today before I go lift. I got to lift today. So, what about you, Phil? Any lifting related stuff or food? Games? Oh no, I got coffee too. We got lots of coffee, but I got to try out the Death Wish coffee everybody was touting about. Yeah, and yeah. Valhalla blend coffee and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> that's yeah, not I didn't. A joke. I didn't taste colors, but it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right, wasn't, right. It wasn't what everybody hyped it up to be, but. Uh, it did mess with my sleep that night, actually. I could see that. See, I take it early in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah, don't drink that stuff in the afternoon. Know, I think everybody will like this. I mean, and I actually went out of the country uh, for Christmas. I went to El Salvador. My brother and his family uh, live there, so I met my parents there and spent five days there. One of the places that we went to was a medium-sized coffee plantation. And awesome. Uh, I don't. I don't know, Lonnie. I don't. You know, you ever, we never really talked about this part, and most people don't really know. You know, there's no such thing as like, as as American coffee. It's all imported mm-hmm. from all over the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. Latin America. Um, most of the coffee are actually originated in uh, Ethiopia, by the way. But uh, one of the co- the coffee plantation we went to, most people don't really realize is that what you see in, in the store is grind grind. You know, coffee beans. Um, or really, or just the actual brown bean itself. Roasted, really, right. That, that roasted, exactly. The actual coffee bean is, is red. It almost looks like a, a dark-colored cherry, and they have to be dried, and they have to be go through all this process. And we actually saw how the coffee um, goes from the plant um, actually into the bag that you buy in the store, and it was really interesting. And, the, and this little small coffee plantation, it was in a taco um, it was a small t- a town, small town called Ataco, was outside El Salvador, and they ship all over the world. They shipped to New York, they shipped to London, they shipped to the U.S. Um, and we actually bought some um, 
t- coffee from there. I haven't had any yet. Um, but we actually uh, had a sample of it, and it was outstanding. I mean, it's just something that, you know, it's very different from, um, you know, most of the coffees that, 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 that people yeah. taste. And, and the coffees yeah. and stuff that you get, it, the Dunkin' Donuts and the McDonald's, I mean, you know, they're, they're shipped to the U.S., and then they have distributors, and then they're shipped to, you know, local facilities and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a really unique, interesting process. So. Yeah, I'm fascinated with the agriculture part of it. And uh, Phil and I were actually talking just a couple of weeks ago, even with the um, like beans, the roasting, the grinding. There's a yeah. there's a real art in all of that, you know. And that's the side yeah, there is. that I don't know. Yeah, you know? And, uh, most people, um, I didn't I didn't really know this either until I was told. But coffee can only be grown um, in, in higher altitudes. It can't be grown in in 85, 90 degree temperatures. It has to be in higher altitudes. I don't really know why. Um, but it's just interesting how that how that is. Yeah, it's really fascinating just the the agricultural side of it. Hey, I tell you what, that's a great segue. It's almost like we planned it. Uh-huh. But um, we're going to talk about the year in review, everybody. Uh, one year ago, roughly today, uh, we had MC Powers on the show. Uh, she's a strength coach at Kent State, one of my former students. And we were talking about what happened uh, the prior year and what our predictions for 2015 was going to be. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in 2015, I don't think I mentioned this back then. This may be 2015 bleeding into next year in 2016, but um, coffee science is huge. Uh, just in December, I think I saw four major media outlets with science about how healthful coffee is. And I think we've got to be careful too, right? It's it's like the chocolate science. You know, people want to hear it. They want to believe it. So we got to be careful and stay skeptical. You don't want to become credulous and gullible and believe all of it just because you want to hear it, you know. But um, anti-diabetes, there's tons of research now coming out. Uh, reduced oral cancer risk, uh, all kinds of uh, cool stuff. Uh, reduced Parkinson's and different mental disorders. And I think we're going to continue to see that. Uh, coffee is one of those things. First of all, it's the number one source of antioxidants in the U.S. I've mentioned that on the show before. That's a sad commentary on how few fruits and vegetables we eat. Uh, But at least it's one of those things where, you know, in a sense, we're doing it for the coffee buzz. And yet there's all these helpful things. If you think about it, you're running hot water through beans. So it's it's a very natural kind of phytochemical brew, you know. And so it probably shouldn't be that surprising that it... It ends up being pretty damn healthful. So, uh, yeah, 2015, late 2015, that is, and early 2016, uh, I'm going to predict you're going to see more about the coffee and health because um, people like to hear it. You know, the media folks, the journalists get a hold of that, and they just love to spread that around because people want to hear about it, I guess. Uh, okay, but let's let's go to our list here, everybody, and we're going to talk about uh, – some of the fads that we saw uh, a year ago and whether or not they came to fruition uh, or not, things like that. So one of them was, this was actually something that I said was gut bacteria is going to get a lot of attention, the microbiota, as far as, uh, you know, the healthful versus unhealthful colonies of bacteria in your large intestines or your colon, same thing. Uh, and whether or not it influences weight gain or behavior, we have, in fact, seen a ton of that. We're probably going to see more. Uh, so I'm going to predict we're going to see even more of that. But uh, 
the gut bacteria thing became huge. In fact, I did a workshop over the summer. I never do those online workshops, but the NIH, National Institutes of Health, did a workshop um, all about it. And it was very interesting about that. And that's where I picked up a lot of the information about, like, the emulsifiers in foods and how they let some of the the quote-unquote bad bacteria down near your intestinal wall and all that. But uh, Also on our list, we mentioned um, the gluten uh, scare. Yeah. John, this, uh, uh, you and MC were both <clears throat> talking about this, but that was lightened up about a year ago. Do you think that's faded, John? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's lightened up slash faded. I really have, I don't think it's gotten uh, worse, but, uh, but it's probably gotten slightly better. I mean, it's it's still out there. I mean, I was having this conversation the other day um, with, with uh, some colleagues and. You know, most people don't understand, and you know, there's celiac, and there's gluten insensitivity, and there's wheat allergy, and there's non-gluten, non-sensitivity, gluten insensitivity, or whatever it is. It's one of those, you know, right? There's variations. Yeah, yeah. There's many different. There's like four different variations, and you know, celiac only constitutes about you know one percent of the population. And I'm not discounting people that that have it, and there are people that have it, right? And it can be severe. That have, yeah, there are people that have like a, a wheat, you know, gluten allergy, but um, most people don't understand a lot of these, uh, so many small businesses have, have generated just millions of dollars in revenue by, you know, promoting and marketing gluten free uh, that are not really gluten free. And, you know, since there's not really any type of regulation on it, like hardcore regulation on it, um, you can essentially, you know, put gluten free on products that may or may not be gluten free. I mean, you're not going to, especially like in restaurants. You know, in order to have a truly gluten-free product, you, you almost have to have a totally separate area for your gluten-free products. You know, you're not going to be making gluten-free products next to fried chicken. But, um, yeah, it's lightened up a little bit. I think uh, I think the public has hopefully gotten more educated about it. I wrote a big article last year uh, for Elite FTS yeah, yeah. on, um, on, on gluten. Phil, do you still see people um, talking about gluten? And so, cause the weird thing to me is it – it headbutts with the low carb thing because you walk into a health food store and on the right there's all these low carb breads and that kind of stuff and those are loaded with extra gluten. Yeah. So is gluten good? Do I go buy gluten or is it bad? You look to the left and it's all gluten free. So it's like which is it? You know. I think the big upswings over and you're starting to get there's some people have actually started to become educated on the fact that you know only one percent of the population is celiac. So yeah. I think it's slowed. It's definitely hit its peak and it's on its way down. So I don't think it's going to go anywhere. You still have these, you know, ad of it, but that are just, you know, like it's witchcraft. Oh, no doubt. Uh, yeah, the zealots. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I think it's on its way down. I, mean, I don't see it as much as I did. That's all there was for a long last oh, year. Oh, right. You know? I have a colleague actually. Her whole family does it because her little girl actually has gluten sensitive enteropathy. You know, she has uh, celiac disease. And so, but it, it, I, I've noticed she's lost some weight, and I think a lot of people, they don't put two and two together that this is largely a carb and calorie balance thing. Yes. When you stop eating bread, yeah. oh, you lost yeah. some weight, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay, brilliant. Um, yeah. Exactly. Actually, Phil, that bleeds into our next one. Uh, we mentioned um, either fad diets, extreme diets, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you brought up IIFYM. Uh, mm. We talked about GoMad. Uh, John talked about detox diets. Uh, yeah, are any of these still, going still big, yeah. going up or down? Which which one's big? Uh, the detox is still pretty big. Um, 
And <clears throat> it's just, I don't know. Doesn't I, mean it's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, still got the sniffles, everybody listening. But detox to me is, is something that really hasn't gone away. I, I think it's going to be um, around in terms of its of its higher peak for probably at least another year or so. Um, but the reason why is because you have a lot of these, you know, um, uh, over-exaggerated, you know, scientific claims, all this hyperbole, all these dubious testimonials by celebrities and celebrity endorsements. And, and that kind of uh, is, is like the vehicle, right, to promote these types of products. And, you know, you could do something very simple. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever had like a apple cider vinegar before, but you can put a little teaspoon of that in an eight ounce glass of, of water and drink that a couple times a week. Um, I mean, just just your your kidneys and your liver do an excellent, phenomenal job of right. actually doing most of the detox for your body. I mean, for Christ's sake, if you can't tell if you can't tell the difference between a Big Mac and a freaking salad, uh, then then you might have some problems. I agree. Uh, I mean, have some have some damn vegetables. You know, eat some. You know broccoli or some type of cruciferous vegetables or something and have some oatmeal and eat some fiber i mean you might you might just want to squat and lift heavy that'll probably solve most of your problems you know john (laughs) of all of the extreme diets like iifym or gomad or the detox stuff i think has the least basis in anything oh yeah real yeah you know like you said popular is because it's short yeah it's 30 days or Two weeks, or so. Of course, it's going to be popular. Nobody wants to, you know, commit to something for a life. So, oh, I can do this for two weeks. Right, right. extreme right. brief commitment, like most <laughs> diets. Yep. Yeah, like yep. most diets. It just... I was I was touting the the meat cleanse again this week. Somebody put up detox thing. So <laughs> that's I told right. Them they need to do the thirty day meat cleanse and just bulldoze everything out of their colon. That's right. Like we were talking about <laughs> before, like a sausage sausage <laughs> extruder out your backside. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, a, a, Phil, as much as you joke about that, I mean, a meat cleanse probably has a better evidence behind, you know, because of the high protein oh, yeah. angle of it than some of this detox nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's just like I love it. Like Mike Nelson always says, exactly what toxin are you trying to get out? And they exactly. can't tell you. They, you know, they can't tell you. Uh, now, what about these other ones? Uh, if it fits your macros or the gallon of milk a day uh are those going well, anywhere the gallon of, the gallon of milk a day i mean that's been around for since the 70s or maybe yeah. or i mean i go i drink about two or three gallons of milk a week and part of it for me is because i like milk you know i want the calories it's good fats it's good proteins i actually drink uh and i'm not homogenized um like grass-fed like raw milk which is phenomenal if anybody's ever had it i'm sure phil you've had mm-hmm. some of it too um but yeah, I mean, this a gallon of milk a day. It, it's actually a little bit more challenging than you may think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, plus it's just you know, like I said, like the calories for me. But um, I mean, you're not going to get huge off just a gallon of milk and a couple of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, you guys obviously you know you need resistance training, you need volume, you need intensity, um, you need a lot of different things. Um, I and mean, that's a whole different conversation, of course, what really, what really drives hypertrophy, but yeah, get out of milk. Um, I mean, even if you drink it, you know, one, uh, over a day, day and a half, I mean, you're okay. I mean, it's good. I mean, you need the calcium and you need the vitamin D and all that other stuff. So. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's slowed down a little bit. I mean, I, I use variations of it. Like I have one kid 
just told him he needs to put on 30 more pounds. He actually put on 30 pounds this year. And uh, he's a freaking eel. He's like 6'4 and <laughs> It's so hard to get weight on uh, guys that are like that, you know. Yeah, and he's he's 15 years old, and it's like here, just add this on, and that's what where everybody messes up, I think, with the go mat is then they all they have is a freaking gallon of milk a day, and it's like no, you're supposed to add that onto what you normally right. have. right surplus, not yeah. re- not replace. <laughs> so right. that, yes, exactly. But uh, you know, he's drinking like a half gallon a day, and uh, yeah, it works. I mean, as long as you're training hard, if you're just sitting around drinking a gallon of milk a day plus everything else, yeah, you're gonna get fat. Yeah, people get but, so yeah. passionate about. <laughs> dairy and milk it's almost like the people with the wheat and the gluten i mean they get really zealous about you know milk like dead milk versus raw milk or just that milk is you know we're the only species that drinks the milk from another species and but the bottom line is cow's milk it it's about 80 percent casein right about 20 percent whey really high quality proteins i think it's great for growth it's insulinogenic it'll make your pancreas crank out insulin that's actually what you want for those eels yeah. yeah, well, we're also the only species with like opposable thumbs and really large brains. So, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. yeah, hey, this shit's good over here. I'm gonna drink that. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, if a, uh, I don't know, any species out there could figure out how to milk another one, it'd do it. You know, that's we just right. you we're know, smart enough to figure it out. That's that's <clears> that's <throat> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see what else we have on our list here before we go to break. Um, we mentioned Muscle Farm, and John, I know you know oh, some yeah. of the guys there uh, funding research and growing. Uh, I can safely say that prediction was true. Uh, I've seen a, a real growth in their product line. And again, listeners, we have no connection. At least I don't. Uh, with these guys, but I saw them funding research studies at universities because, again, unlike Big Pharma, I think I said this last year, a lot of supplement companies don't have in-house, you know, laboratories where they can do, you know, quick and dirty pilot work and see what works and what doesn't. And if there's negative findings, they just don't mention it. So it's a real risk to fund a study at a university because most universities... <clears throat> They want to co-own the data or just straight up completely own the data and then tell the world that your stuff didn't work. Well, that's a huge disincentive for a supplement company who, frankly, doesn't have to run studies at all to sell their products. You know, They can use indirect data and create little evidence folders from various sources. They don't have to drop twenty grand on a university to have it blow up in their face, you know, potentially. So yeah, um, it was good that they were doing that, and they have, in fact, grown that whole Arnold Schwarzenegger line, right? Yeah, they have. And um, when I, last time I heard, which was actually this fall, um, Muscle Farm, and I'm not going to mention any names. It doesn't really matter. But um, I, I know the former um, chief science officer for Muscle Farm. And he's a good guy, but he lives in Chicago now and he teaches. But um, uh, I believe Muscle Farm is still under investigation uh, of the, uh, the FCC or FTC for um, some violation of some you know regulations with their, with their supplements. Oh. And, uh, um, so I, I don't I don't really know a lot of the details that have happened with that, but um, that's just from what I've heard from from a few um, reliable sources. Oh yeah, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Everybody, if you um, yep. if you make certain claims, they do interstate trade and sales. So if you sell stuff across state state lines, which of course pretty much everybody does these days, yeah, they'll move in on you if they don't like certain. Cl- I don't know if it was a claims issue or not. I'm just guessing, but. Um, yeah, I guess it was various claims issues or, or 
having certain things in the products that that weren't on the label, et cetera. I don't, yeah, I don't really know all the details to be honest. Well, let's hope that at least the the good intention of funding some stuff and trying to build some real evidence uh, behind their products is is good. All right, let's uh, go to break. I'm going to go. Not to sound gross, but I got to blow my nose. Everybody's got the sniffles, <laughs> and uh, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead. All that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, There is a book available. You can simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated Uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, There's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book. But that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, we're back from break, and uh, John Mike here with uh, Lonnie Lowry and Coach Phil Stevens, and we're talking about um, year in review, but we're going to get into what our predictions are going to be for training and nutrition going into 2016. So uh, Lonnie said you got a you got a couple of uh, on the nutrition side, right? Uh, yeah, a couple. Um, one of them I touched on already, which was I think we're going to see more on uh, coffee and health, uh, not because it's um, 
just helpful as a pre-workout, uh, we're actually going to share some data in April. Uh, our abstracts are under review right now for a San Diego conference, but uh, also the general populace. You know, most things get they blow up because they appeal to the average dieter or the average health pundit. You know, they're they're enthusiastic, they're interested, but they don't really want to commit to any kind of lifestyle, like Phil was saying. You know. So and un- unlike some of the the crap out there, like the detox thing, and if our listeners, if you're a big detox person and we're offending you with this, uh, go read John's article, uh, do some internet searches and get educated on it. Because my question for you is, what are you trying to detoxify? What is this toxin? You know, I mean, right. it might you could say, yeah, we have plastic like BPA in our bloodstreams and that kind of stuff, but good luck completely avoiding some of these things. And like John said, your liver and kidneys do that anyway. However, coffee has a real basis behind it. They're, those phytochemical, it's coffee is not liquid caffeine. This is becoming like my mantra, right? Uh, there are other things in it that cause dopamine release and different neurotransmitters, and these do very cool things to your nervous system. We're going to share a couple of those in San Diego, but we just stumbled across, I think the best research, the best, uh, was Isaac Asimov said, the best line in science is not eureka, but it's Hmm, that's funny. Uh, and that's, we've had a couple of those, wait, w- weird, look at this. And, you know, as we analyze the data, and um, I'll just leave you with a teaser right now because this won't be till probably late 2016, but uh, coffee's doing weird things. You can use coffee in combination with resistance exercise in ways that people have not yet done uh, and get some very interesting results. So, I, coffee and health is going to be one, and another one. I think it's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, I've been talking to my wife about this increasingly. Uh, is food and mood? It's a kind of thing a lot of people are interested in. This is more of a gen pop thing, but I think it will probably spill over into the the fitness and the weight training and stuff. But um, a lot of the things that we've used to boost physique or health. They also happen to help your brain in some way. Creatine is a classic example. Beta alanine. Uh, John, you mentioned last year beta alanine was growing. Uh, yep. In popularity. It has. You know? It has. Yeah. Because, again, that it's, it's part of that gen pop, general population. Beta alanine interests a lot of longevity folks because once you get more carnosine buildup in your tissues, that makes lab animals live longer. You know, so... Uh, I think coffee and health and food and mood, those are two things that I think are going to get some attention this year. I don't know if they're going to be huge, uh, at least the food and mood stuff, but I see more and more like continuing education conferences uh, focusing on the food and mood thing. And I, th- I think it, in some ways it's going to legitimize what the bodybuilders and the strength athletes have sort of done all along, you know, uh, different supplements that being good for health, uh, just like a clean diet is going to be good for your gut microbiota and that kind of stuff. Um, what do you think, Phil? What's coming your way? What do you see in the gym? Mm, well, I'll start off with just the strength athletics. Um, uh, there's an amazing amount of drug tests being failed in weightlifting um, <laughs> for the well for the first time, and it's like the first time that big names are actually getting popped. And there's not money. Apparently, there's not money passing hands and, and stopping them. Um, because like at this world last world championship that was held in Houston, there were 600 athletes, 200 were tested, and so far, 24 of them have been popped. Oh, um, 
So yeah, and it's uh, and it went as far as you know the, the guy, the Russian that that won in the 105 kilo class. He broke the clean and jerk world record and the total world record. Well, he got popped. Um, and mm. normally that just doesn't happen. It's usually the third string person. They like give them a slap on the wrist and right, but. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there's talk that, you know, this could end even weightlifting in, in the Olympics because they're, it's so bad. <laughs> you know, the drug. Well, I mean, for, yeah, I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, why don't you just, I mean, like, like, like no one's ever taken performance enhancing drugs before or it's only weightlifters. Yeah. Or, I mean, might as well just crack down and, and just totally get rid of all the Olympic sports. Yeah, while you're exactly. And it's, <laughs> but, uh, no, I agree. But, um, it's just amazing the the amount that got caught this time, and I guess it's new new testing or whatnot. But that was my uh, question. Yeah, is it new tech that. or is it just is it less corruption? They're shutting down the corruption. I think it's both, and uh, they're starting to shut down the corruption. I think a lot of it is because they just came out like two months before this, and the, the WADA came up with this amazing paper that said the Russians have been doping. And it's like, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> None of us knew that. Yeah, really. Glad you guys did a five-year study to tell us that. Right. That's like but, five uh, decades old information. You know? Yeah. And, but, you know, there were some metals stripped. And, you know, it's come to the point where it's going to be interesting because as far as I know, it's three, ne- uh, three positives <clears throat> in a calendar year in an international competition and your whole team gets banned. Russia had four at this one competition. So now they have to go through, right now it's just they're claiming to be, you know, they had a, a bad test. Now it goes through like court or whatever you want to call it, whatever IWF uses for that. And they get to say, hey, we were, it was a medically prescribed blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they get to fight it. But, uh, you know, you could see some teams banned. And if we see teams banned, then, you know, our metal chances <laughs> extremely go up. So we'll see. Because Unless our guys get popped. Right. Yeah, unless our people get popped. But yeah. India's one one person away from being banned. Uh you know, the Koreans had several banned. Mm. So um mm. and what well we look at it now and I mean just take Sarah Robles for example. She had a shot. Everybody says she has a shot for bronze at the Olympics. Well, you kick Russia off and China off, she has a shot for freaking gold. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So it you know, or just Russia and now she's a She's a potential for silver, so it, it's going to be interesting seeing what all goes on here. And I was amazed at how many. It's like looking at the tests because they report them. A lot of them were oral turnable, and a lot of the women were. Um, oh, you mean turn about turn balls? Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, so we'll see. I mean, how that goes, but that's going to be interesting. Um, as far as training, what do I see as a fad still? It's like the whole squat every day thing is big. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's mm-hmm. pushing that. Um, I've got some students doing that, just <clears throat> swearing by it. It's like, well, yeah. you do a big compound movement often. Well, as long as you can recover, you yeah. know, duh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's like if you're 20 years old or 21, well, no shit. I yeah. mean. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's, it's good and it's problematic at the same time because then you, got, yeah, you get these people that are like, the only way to get good is squat every day. It's like, well, man, I know a lot of really strong lifters that squat once a week. Right on. So it just yeah. depends. There's more than one way to do it. You, you really better control yeah. your total volume on yeah. those days. If you're going to do it every day, it better be brief. You know what I mean? It, I think yeah. it can be fairly intense, but if you're going to go up in the 90% range, it better be awfully brief if you do that every yeah. day. And, you know, I have athletes that excel in either way. And, you know, I have some people that I do have do, you know, very frequent training. And then others just do better with less frequent. And, but, 
you know, yeah. but I mean, that's a big thing right now. It's the whole squat every day or do whatever every day. And yeah, yeah. I don't see that going anywhere for a while. But that's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, uh, like I said, I have a student. He was a NFL hopeful, and uh, for his senior project, that's actually what he did. Was he got a case? Um, another guy on the football team, a little bit younger than him, and he had him do it. And the guy, you know, over like a 12-week period, the kid made great gains and strength. Mm-hmm. He even put on some weight and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I didn't realize it was like a national trend, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing, that squat every day thing. So, obviously, the students get it from somewhere. I just didn't know, you know, why he was so enthusiastic about that. But. Yeah. What about you, Big John? Do you see anything coming down the pike here? Uh, yeah, actually, about three or four things. I mean, not in any particular order, but um, I think in 2016, and it really started to, it's kind of progressed over the last couple of years. But I think you're going to see a lot more of the fitness business side coming into play. Um, conferences that are just talking about how to build your business online, how to build your actual facility, and, and what, you know, pricing and mm-hmm. products and all this other stuff to build a successful business. and. Um, I've been to some conferences. I spoke at a few conferences this last year that that are, are, are more on bigger on, on the business side. Um, and so that's one prediction that I have. I think is going to gain a lot more popularity. Um, and it's and it's not something that I see um, getting a, a, a short term peak. I, th- I see it something that that's going to have a more long term uh, sustainability. Um, so that's one of them. Another one um, that has already gained more popularity is just the online coaching. Uh, venue, you're going to see a, a lot more of that. I um, mean, and, that, and that's good and bad. Um, I think it's bad in one respect because you get a lot of, you know, anywhere from 19 to 22 year old, 25 year old people that uh, haven't really spent a lot of time underneath the bar and doing various right. types of training programs themselves. We need standards, um, standards and, of practice, yeah, and, 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 and um, not having a lot of experience. Um, and then, well, hey, you know, here's my Twitter, here's my Instagram page. Uh, I'll do your meal plans for you, you know, but at the same time, they have barely three years of training and they, they, they all of a sudden, you know, know all this um, advanced chemistry, but they don't know basic nutrition. Um, yeah. So that's another um, um, thing that I could, that I definitely see. And, and I help, I help, I help some people online and everybody does, but um, so that's, that's another area. One, another one that, that I think has, has, um, I don't know. I don't see this one really fading, but I think it. I see it as advancing in different ways, and that's with wearable technology. Um, oh, I, good I one! See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the Fitbits um, and variation of those, and, and having various um, um, recording types of technologies that could be you know, heart rate monitors and all this other stuff. Hex I mean, those vest, heart yeah. monitors, but yeah, um, different types of tracking activity, track your sleep. You know, your nutrition can certainly have a positive impact on your performance. Um, and I think we're going to see, um, you know, body weight training is, is still popular, but I mean, one of the things with body weight training that I think most people don't understand is that, I mean, you have to have progressive overload in order to have long-term results. You just can't do squats and push-ups and pull-ups, you know, every day. I mean, if you're somebody that even if you have 30 minutes or 45 minutes to work out, I mean, you still need some type of load, progressive overload to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's one of them were um, body weight training. But really, the fitness business, the online coaching, wearable technology, and, and probably um, uh, high-intensity interval training, I think is going to see more popularity. I mean, it's already being done across the board. Yeah. But uh, it's, very, it's very effective. It's very versatile. Um, it's efficient. 
Um, you know, it's taxing on both, you know, um, mitochondrial respiration and, you know, energy systems and, and anaerobic energy systems. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the things about eight, uh, high intensity interval training, you know, it is about the, like the EPOD, the excess post exercise oxygen consumption. I think that in and of itself, um, is, is, is very overstated in terms of, well, you do more high, uh, HIT workouts on, on a weekly basis and you can, um, prolong your, you know, fat burning, you know, effect. It doesn't really work that way. I mean, you know, you'll get EPOC um, up to 48 or, you know, up to 72 hours, um, you know, post-exercise. But it, it's something that doesn't, that doesn't come, like, in two weeks. It's something that comes just over time, but I think at the same rate, and there's, there's a significant amount of science on this, I think at the same rate, it's a little overstated. I mean, you're not going to do um, HIT training sessions five days a week because really true HIT sessions uh, um, are very, very taxing um, on, on the body and very taxing on, on, on the central nervous system. So, you know, even like once or twice a week up to twice a week um, is really like a, a true um, HIT session. So, so really, uh, just to repeat, you know, fitness business, online coaching and and wearable technology, and I definitely think some of the you know the supplement stuff is going to um, continue um, you know to to, to grow um, as well. Yeah, the um, the wearable technology. I think we mentioned that last year too. That's that's almost guaranteed to continue to grow. I mean, everybody's got a microprocessor on their hip with their phone, you know. And uh, I'm I myself am getting interested. I I had um, Mike Nelson. And I had a Zio. You wear like a headband, and it tracked your um, brainwaves while you slept and you could see how much REM sleep and deep sleep you get and all that. And that company went under uh, almost unfortunately because I thought it was really cool. But the accelerometer on your phone can look at sleep, you know, and that kind of how much you toss and turn. And uh, the wearable tech is going to be huge, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you guys one question before things wind down because I have a bias in this. I, I've all, and, John, you do too, frankly, but – I've always liked eccentric training. You know, John, your dissertation was on this stuff. You're going to publish some stuff this year. Um, my dissertation was on that stuff. Uh, in fact, you talked about EPOC in that elevated metabolism after intense exercise. Uh, I think the muscle soreness from DOMS, frankly, has a bigger impact on calorie expenditure across 24 hours. You know, people are sore all the time. I, th- I really think that's significant. But, uh, you know, we had the ARCs fit. Uh, discussion and, and how you can yep. emphasize the eccentric portion. Do you see that returning to favor or maybe just growing with people who haven't used it? Um, I think it's both. I mean, one of the things to keep in mind with these trends is that it has to be more like a national or some somewhat of a global, you know, trend. Um, you know, to, to, for for people to get involved like with the masses. Um, you know, the, the RX fit, I mean, I know, you know, um, you know, Keith Norris, you know, well, he's a great guy. It's a really great machine. It has a lot of versatility. Um, at the same time, I mean, it's not, it's not in most gyms across the country yet. Um, and it, it, but it's used in the rehabilitation. It's used in, in some strength and conditioning facilities, but I think they have a trend like you, it needs to be, um, seen and, 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 and used through, you know, many of the, of the masses. It has to have a more of a, of a, on a mass market type of scale. Um, but I, I think, you know, like you said, I, I'm going to, I actually submitted my dissertation uh, about three weeks ago. And so that'll be out this year. Um, and I'm working on some other things um, uh, right now as well. But yeah, the, the eccentric thing, 
Um, I, I definitely see it um, gaining more popularity. Um, it's it's one of those things that's just over, uh, or excuse me, under, underrated and undervalued um, type of training methods. I think um, in terms of underrated and undervalued training methods, uh, isometrics, aerobic development, uh, deceleration, and eccentrics. Those are probably the four most undervalued and underrated um, types of training methods out there. So I think uh, all of them, hopefully, eccentrics um, will definitely um, stay in the pile and uh, and and be you know as effective as it is. What about you, Phil, with the eccentric stuff? I know, I mean, John, you know that it transfers <clears throat> like the strength development and stuff. But do you see people, or do you yourself use the eccentric stuff purposely? You know, using negatives and whatnot. Absolutely. Uh, oh, sorry, Phil. <laughs> it's okay. I use it some. I mean, I don't use it a great deal. I mean, more of what I'm doing is I find myself doing a lot more explosive training than I do anything else with my athletes. Yeah. Um, I've got, well, and just basic strength training if I'm dealing with freaking, you know, 9, 10, 11-year-olds. Um, you know, what I've found is that you see a lot of camps of people where they're doing specialized training with these, you know, for lack of better terms, athletes. And what I've found is if I just make these athletes actually strong – they're able to better do those tasks. So, you know, a lot of my time is spent just, you know, taking a kid that couldn't squat a 15-pound bar and making him squat 200 pounds. I was like, wow, he can actually do this now. Yeah. And, like, his performance across the board goes up just by getting stronger with simple moves. Um, and then, yeah, later on we'll bring in some of that work. You know, I have some some female power lifters and stuff where we'll do um, purposeful uh, overloaded negatives and then – you know what I like is you know the overloaded negative, and then we remove weight like a weight releaser, and then they're able to do the the concentric and eccentric portion. So overloaded yeah. eccentric, and then an explosive concentric um, type of thing. But yeah, I was curious about you because the more performance <clears throat> focus. I mean, for me, it was always obvious. Eccentrics are so great for hypertrophy and yeah. sort of satellite cell activation, all this stuff that for from a bodybuilding perspective, or times of years times of the year when hypertrophy is your goal. I think mm -hmm. that stuff is gold, but yeah. um, it's definitely a tool to have in the toolbox, and it's good for getting people uh, used to heavier weights. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing I use bands for: is just getting people used to a little heavier weight um, to where they're not scared of it, you know. And then when they're in the bottom, it's a little lighter, you know, <laughs> and they're right. able to explode up and just get used to that heavier weight. But, right. Okay. <clears throat> All right, fellas. Uh, well, I think that's going to be a wrap, so we don't have to keep sniffling in everybody's ears this week. Yeah. And, so. uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, we need to start uh, getting some guests on here. Uh, we got some cool topics coming up. I, I'm always loathe to share too much of this advance because you never know what's going to happen. But yep. uh, first show of 2016, so starting happy year, year 7. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. <clears throat> Until next week. All righty. Thanks a lot. Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry. And they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store. Uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, 
Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.